Well, hey guys, thank you so much for joining us. And, and I'm here with uh, great friends of mine and uh, great friends of Impact. They've been coming to Impact for, I don't know, how, how long have you guys been coming to Impact? It's like 12 years. 12 years, yeah. I mean, it's been an amazing run. And, and this is Rajan and Rena John, and they've been in my growth group when they first started coming here. And then they are they are instrumental members of the church. And I'm just so glad that you guys are willing to come and share your story today. So why don't you tell me, how did you guys meet? You know, how did that all happen? First of all, uh, thank you so much, Bill, for you know, giving this opportunity to share you know, some of our uh, story with the church. And it's, uh, it's a privilege and honor. Uh, so to start with, um, so we had an arranged marriage. Uh, so it's kind of like a new idea probably for most of us here. Uh, back in India, uh, it's pretty normal. So our families knew each other, um, the, her family and uh, my side of the family, they knew each other for a long time. Uh, so they kind of got together and they thought uh, we would get along uh, each other well. Uh, so they uh, they started the process. And uh, you know, it's not that like, you know, they won't give us any um, opportunity to give our opinion. They asked us and after that, um, you know, we, we had a chance to talk to each other over the phone. Uh, but in person, we kind of met each other a week before our wedding. <laughs> Yeah, actually, when they first started talking about it, uh, uh, my aunt told me they shared my picture with their family and uh, his mom said that they're keeping it in prayer and uh, they let us know within a week. And uh, once they confirmed, only then they showed me his picture. And then, um, you know, I, I told my family, if you think that is the right person for me, I'm fine with it. But, you know, inside I was a little nervous and I was always praying, you know, uh, God, send a suitable person. You know my character, send somebody compatible with that character because um, it's something really new. I don't know this person and I have to be with this person. So it was, uh, I was nervous, but uh, obviously, uh, you know, with our belief and with our culture, uh, you know, we were ready to take the chances and uh, now we are married for 18 years and we have two boys Ruel and Raniel and uh, we thank God uh, for it and because we learned that God has a plan for each person's life and uh, he led us through it uh, beautifully and we thank God for that. When Raniel was born, he was born with a, a genetic uh, uh, problem and uh, we didn't know much about it and it was all in research. And uh, later we came to know that uh, he was uh, uh, in autism spectrum and we didn't know anything about it and it was overwhelming and uh, we were struggling to understand how to uh, guide him or um, how to work, work it through. And at that time, um, yeah, you know, uh, God was really uh, with us and uh, he was guiding us like uh, when he was uh, uh, two years old, he didn't talk and uh, uh, only then we realized that something is really wrong and uh, we had to go through a multiple process to identify the issue uh, but uh, God led it very beautifully he put people in the path and he led us and uh, later I came to know that how many people are going through the same problems and uh, it gave us a opportunity to understand what they're going through and pray for them and even help them uh, for example when I go to therapy when I see a kid and if I know his name I started praying for that kid um, and uh, so it, it gave an opportunity for 
me to understand that we are not alone in this struggle and also an opportunity to pray for the parents who don't know Jesus and uh, to pray for them to come to Jesus. So that was one thing which God really worked in our life. And uh, every day we have different challenges, uh, but the God is uh, helping us through different people in different and even church has been a big blessing to us uh, because in kids church, uh, they made an uh, arrangement to have a teen work with Raniel so he could be in his class and understand and do some of the activities and the teachers are awesome uh, they take time to be with him and uh, they know that he's struggling they try to help him and uh, I think that is a huge blessing to be in the church. God is putting the right people at the right time when he was you know uh, two two and a half years old now one of our friends looked at him and he she said hey, he may need help and uh, you know let me give you like you know all the contact and she that person was a behavioral therapist and uh, she played very important role in in Raniel's life and a lot of teaching a lot of training and and now uh, in your school uh, his, one of his second grade teachers, she offered, voluntarily offered, okay, let me take like a couple of days per week and uh, giving him tuition in my house. You know, mm -hmm. And she voluntarily offered and she is doing that diligently. So I was amazed by you know all these people, how God is putting them in our line of sight and they're making that encounter. It's, it's a huge uh, learning process you know we go and search in the internet and we got scared of what we saw there and then we pray about it and then when we went and talked to the doctor and doctor would say so that's not it and it's okay don't worry about it and then that would turn out to be a normal thing and nothing you know so in that process we kind of like amazed how God is you know leading us to trust him you know, not just a worldly wisdom, you know, we look at all the internet and everything that just, you know, we get scared from what we see and, and uh, with all this information out there. You know, but then when we put this trust in God and, you know, that's what we, we, we did. Like, you know, we just read and we got scared and then we went and prayed. And then that, that turned out to be nothing. One of the things that we, we learned is trusting God through all those things. You know, we have submit everything uh, at his feet, you know, through the process, uh, we, uh, in our family prayer, we started doing that very diligently. And you now sometimes we got tired. We just, okay, so we don't want to do that. Like, let's, let's skip. Uh, but through this process, we started doing that, you know, more in a disciplined way. And you know, it's like every day we, we make it a point that we have to pray together and we, are, we make it a point that we need to have a fellowship with other believers. You know, those are all the encouragement um, uh, that gives us, so that helps us keep going. You know, I really appreciate the John family and their story and their testimony and their, their dedication to Jesus and the church and just everything they've been, been, been through. I mean, they truly are a wonderful story. And, and, and I think so many of us in our relationships that we have, we have different circumstances that we face. And some are good circumstances, some are challenging circumstances. And sometimes the circumstances dictate how we respond to the opportunities that we have. Because every relationship that we have has opportunities. That's what we've been talking about through this whole series. 
all of our life is in moments and moments of opportunities. And sometimes our circumstances we face dictate how we respond and whether we make the most of those opportunities or not. You know, when I have a good day, I come home in a good mood and I help elevate the mood in my house. But I'll be honest with you, there's moments when I don't have a good day. And when I walk into home, I sometimes come home with a bad attitude. And I can see in those moments how it just kind of deflates the whole house. You know, so often we allow circumstances to dictate the opportunities that we have and how we respond. And we need to be careful with that. We need to seize the opportunities that we're given. You know, carpe diem, you guys know that phrase, seize the day. In our life and in our journey, we need to seize the opportunities every single day that God gives to them. Our theme verse for this message series that we highlighted last week, I just want to reread for you. Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16. The Apostle Paul writes, Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Please don't forget the, the undertone of what we've been talking about through this whole series, that this ultimately is a spiritual battle. With every opportunity, somebody is making a move. You know, seizing the moment that is provided. It's either ourselves following the God's path or it's other things. Because Satan's greatest desire is to destroy us. And how he destroys us is if he can break down our relationships. If he can break down our relationships within the church. And if he can break down the relationships within your own home. He can bring brokenness into your life and he wins. That's his goal. He wants to bring brokenness into our lives. And every day are opportunities for advancement to happen. And it will either be us advancing towards the heart of God or Satan advancing towards his desire of brokenness. Please don't miss, don't miss this. Every relationship brings opportunities. Every relationship we have, every moment you have in that relationship brings opportunities. You know, think through the primary relationships in your life, which are your family. You know, the family is the foundation of our lives. And it kind of falls into the founda another foundation of relationships, with his, which is the church. You know, Jesus and the family are the primary relationships in our life. And we need to fight for health in those relationships. So I'm going to ask you to do kind of an inward, personal assessment for yourself. I mean, just let's be honest with ourselves in this moment. How would you rate the health of your family relationship right now? How would you personally rate the health of your family relationships right now? Would you say 10? Boy, my family is awesome. They're the bomb diggity. We love each other. Everything's great. Would you say one? My family's awful. It's horrible. I mean, it's just a mess. Or is it somewhere in between? Be honest with yourselves. It has to start there. Where do you rate your family dynamics? You know, because it's important. It all has to begin there. You know, some, some levels of questions that we can ask ourselves to help us understand where we rate our family dynamics and the health of our family relationships is how is communication? You know, how well are we communicating within our home, with each other, when circumstances or situations or conflicts arise? Even beyond that, how do we handle conflict? Do we handle conflict in a, in a, in a good and healthy way or is, it, or is it like a nuclear bomb just went off in our household? How do we handle conflict within our own home? 
And how does our family adapt to the ever-changing world that we live in? I mean, 2020 can be a good testament of that, right? I mean, this, this past year was everything about the world being completely transformed right in front of us before a blink of an eye. How does your family adapt when things don't go your way, when, when things change and the circumstances change around you? And then even beyond that, how would you rate the time that you spend with your family? How would you rate that time? Are you constantly distracted? Do you have other things that's your focus? Do you even hang out together? I mean, how would you rate those things? Because those are very important questions that we all should do personal assessments within our own life because it will, dict- it will reveal to us the health of our family and how things are really going. Because remember this, all of our relationships are so closely intertwined with each other And with our relationship with Jesus. In order for these relationships to be healthy, it needs to be an individual and collective pursuit towards Jesus. Because if this relationship is not healthy, if this relationship with God is not good, it will affect your relationships in your family. It will. And when this relationship is broken, these relationships will ultimately be broken. You know why? Because Jesus is the example for us to follow in healthy relationships, and his Bible, his word, gives us the guidebook on how to have healthy relationships in our life. You see, in each relationship, we are to follow Jesus' example. That's what we need to do. You want to have healthy relationships within your own home? It starts with following his example. You know, Jesus' example is all about what love and humility and sacrifice is all about. You want healthy relationships within your home, within your life? It needs to start with following his example of love, of humility, and sacrifice. You see, the struggle in relationships is often we are centered around elements of selfishness. I'm not here to beat us down, but we need to be honest with that. And I'm here to confess before you right now, there are times in my life when I'm selfish. Just ask my wife. She'll tell you. You know, there are times when we are selfish. And every one of us within our own hearts has some level of selfishness. And until we are honest with that, we will never be able to achieve health within our relationships. You know what that selfishness is? The Bible talks about it. You know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago in our relationship with Jesus message just a couple weeks ago. It's the tug-of-war battle. You know, within our own heart, within our own life, there's a battle. The battle is this tug-of-war. You know, inwardly, we want to please ourselves. We want to do what we feel is right. and We try to pull God towards our desires. The Bible calls that the flesh. Or we run towards the heart of God. That's the tug of war. And every relationship we have is centered around the reality of that spiritual battle of selfishness versus selflessness. That's love. That's humility. That's sacrifice. That is the example of Christ. And we cannot escape the fact that all relationships are extremely and closely connected. 
Every relationship that you have ever had in the past has shaped who you are today and continually affects how you respond and interact in future relationships. We need to be real with that and honest with that. How does it help us trust or not trust and communicate or not communicate? And you can go through the whole list of, of characteristics of love, humility, and sacrifice. Because in all of our relationships, there's an inward battle within each of us. And that battle is selfishness versus selflessness. And we need to be honest with that battle. We need to be honest with that battle. Because when we focus on pleasing ourselves, what we're doing is we walk into darkness. That's what the Bible talks about. When we're more focused on trying to please myself or do what I want or, or do what I feel what I want to get accomplished, I just walk into darkness and what then begins to happen is I break down the health of all of my relationships. Because that's not love. That's not humility. That's not sacrifice. Paul put it this way in Ephesians 5 verse 8. He says, For you, once, for you were once darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. And then just a couple verse later, Paul puts it this way. And find out what pleases the Lord. You see, in our relationships, we're supposed to walk in light. Moving on from selfishness to selflessness. Love, humility, sacrifice, following his example. Have you ever asked yourself in your relationships and the opportunities that you have within your relationships... What pleases God? What really pleases the Lord? I mean, if Paul's saying here, walk in light, do what pleases the Lord, we need to ask that fundamental question of ourselves, what pleases him? In my marriage, as a parent, as a child, what pleases him? How do I respond to those around me? You see, but in our relationships, what tends to happen is we get distracted. We get sidetracked. We allow other things to pull us away to our inward focus rather than what we should be within that relationship. You see, my friends, we need to identify our distractions. We all have them. Every one of us at some level has distractions within our relationships. And there's definite relational distractions that we need to be honest with and we need to deal with. You know, some of those distractions is our priorities. What really is the priority of your life? Maybe it's your career pursuit. And sometimes you're so focused on your career pursuit that your family gets left beside or left behind. And before you know it, you're never around them. You never hang out with them. You're not involved in their life at all. Maybe it's your hobbies. Maybe it's sports or the arts or it's maintenance jobs around the house or whatever it might be, but you get so in tune with your hobbies that you're, not, that you're missing out on your family. Or maybe it's your kids and their activities. And before you know it, that becomes your pursuit rather than the relationship that you are supposed to be forming. Or maybe some of the distractions are unplanned circumstances. Things that we never thought were coming. Things we thought we'd never have to deal with. And all of a sudden, boy, life just threw this curveball at us. Now what? And sometimes, if we're not careful, our distractions become escapes from our relationship. You see, 
the path that sometimes we go on is because we have unhealthy relationships and we're not pursuing God. We, we go to these distractions, our hobbies or our work or something else. And because this then, then in turn, our relationships at home then to break down and we don't know how to deal with them and we don't know how to comprehend it. We don't know what to do. So since we don't know how to deal with it, these distractions then become escapes. And all we do is pull ourselves further and further away from our primary relationship within our home. And it destroys the home. And if you are now using your distractions as an escape from your relationships, you're in a very scary spot. You're in a scary spot. And you need to deal with the distractions in your life. And to deal with them, it starts with honesty. It starts with confessing it. You know what? I used to love this hobby, and it wasn't that bad, but now I'm doing it to, because I don't know how to deal with my marriage, or I don't know how to deal with my kids and their teenage years, or whatever it might be. And we begin to use this as escape. Be honest with it. Confess it. Be real with it. And communicate it with those in your family, and if needed, with outside help. But be real with it. Because we need to be very careful not to involve ourselves in things that would distract us from being the light. From following his example within our relationships. To be loved. To be humble. To be a person of sacrifice within our own home. We need to make the most of every opportunity that we have with our relationships. Because the days are evil. And what that means is this. If we're not careful, if we're not seizing those moments... Someone else will. Because the days are evil. So are we seizing those opportunities? You see, my friends, the key components to healthy relationships are submission and sacrifice. Those are the key components. And I know these are words we don't like to talk about. Okay, Bill, you're going down a path. Let's not even talk about submission. I don't like that word. You know, we avoid this type of talk. But if we want healthy relationships, it involves submission and sacrifice. Until we understand these, until we are living these, we will never experience true health in our family and in the relationships in our life. You know, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5 he kind of lays the foundation for every relationship in our life that's built upon these, these principles. He writes in verse 21 of Ephesians 5, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Every relationship in our life involves submission and sacrifice because of reverence towards Jesus. You know, what that's saying is, I am admitting, I am, I am confessing that Jesus, you are my leader. You are the example that I follow. And I admit that you are what I need to be. I'm not perfect, but you need to be what I strive for. And because I am loyal to you, because I love you beyond everything else, I will live a life that submits to other people. In my, in my family relationships and other relationships. Because that's the example you've provided to me. To love, humility, and sacrifice. You see, submission ultimately is to surrender. To surrender ourselves for the other person. 
for what's best for them. And the ultimate example of what a life of submission is all about is Jesus himself, who Paul writes in the letter to Ephesians, how he gave up himself to come to this world and ultimately give up his life, surrender his life to die so that we may live. He revealed the ultimate example of submission and sacrifice because of love. You see, I choose to submit to God, and therefore his love causes me to focus on what is best for those around me. To submit and sacrifice to those in my family, in my line of sight. You see, true health in our primary relationships is following this path. It's following this journey. And until we fully understand that, comprehend it, and live it out, we will never be able to have healthy relationships in our life. It all begins there. And then from there, Paul kind of breaks it out a little bit more. And he gets a more focus on individual relationships within our own home. And we want to, in our time we have left, we just want to highlight some of these really quickly. First of all, a healthy marriage is built on submission and sacrifice. It needs to start there. Paul says in Ephesians 5 verse 22, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Now, before you all start running out on me, hold on a second. Let's talk this out. Because I fear too often in our history this verse has been manipulated and misused. And we've lost sight on the reality of what Paul is saying in the entirety of his message here. You see... This is not an, an opportunity for husbands to rule over their wives. This is not what Paul is talking about at all. In fact, submission in marriage always begins with mutual submission to Jesus. You see, it all starts there. It lines up there. You want healthy relationships? Every relationship is first focused on my pursuit towards Christ. And if I don't have a healthy pursuit towards Christ, it will affect the relationships in my life. And so let me just be honest with you right now. God is not pleased when women are bullied or mistreated. That is not okay, and that is not biblical, and is not acceptable. Never, never, never. It's never a person's role to make someone submit. And for those in history that have used this verse to make their wives or women submit, they are totally miscalculating what God's message is and abusing his message. You know, it's so much more than that. In fact, Paul goes on from that one verse and hits pretty heavily on the role of the husband. You see, husbands are called to submit to their wives as well. Ephesians 5.25, Paul writes, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You know, we are called to submit to our wives and sacrifice our wives. In fact, he takes it even a step further in verse 33 when Paul writes, However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. You know, in other words, it all goes back to submission and sacrifice. Selfishness versus selflessness. Did you catch it? As, my, as a husband to my wife, I am called to love her more than myself. That's selflessness. 
That's selflessness. So every decision I make, everything I strive to do or to be is with her in mind. What's best for her, not what's for me. You see, when we give into the battle of selfishness, rather than selflessness, the health of our marriage breaks down. It destroys it. You know ultimately what submission and sacrifice is within marriage? It's love and respect. That's the heart of it. That's the reality of it. Within your marriage, there should be a healthy level of love and respect. And without that, the marriage is broken. The marriage will be destroyed. And that's what Paul's getting to here. In this most intimate and committed relationship in all the world, I now live for her. To do what's best for her. It's no longer about what Bill wants. It's about what can I do for this. That's a healthy relationship of love and respect, submission and sacrifice. Now moving along, speaking of our kiddos. Kids, listen up here. This is for you, all right? The inner strength of a child is found in their willingness to honor their parents. That's where the strength comes within you. You want to grow up to be a strong person? It starts with honoring your parents and understanding what that means. You see, growing up leads us through a journey of dependence to independence. We all go through that journey. That's a healthy journey. But here's the struggle within that journey. As we kind of move on to that, into independence, sometimes we take unhealthy steps. Because we're like, I'm independent. I want my own way. I want to do my thing. I'm my own person. We push away the people in our life. And we need to understand what healthy independence is truly all about. You know, thinking through who we are and what we're, what we're walking towards. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on earth. Do you see that? This is the one command with a promise. You know why? Because when we honor our parents on our path towards independence, we understand the inner strength that that provides. And even when we are adults, spiritual and emotional health is found in our ability to honor our parents. It's not like we grow up and I'm done with them. We honor our parents. And what that means is this. That throughout our lives, we show them respect for their role of who they are in our, in our journey. And even if sometimes we may have difference of opinions, we show them respect for who they are in our journey. You know, some practical ways that we can really honor our parents is, you know, when we're younger, we obey their instructions. We listen to them. We don't attack them verbally when we disagree with what they're telling us to do. We share the responsibilities. You know, we help them around the house. Our parents don't exist to serve us. We need to share the load. 
And when we, when we walk more into the realm of independence and we find out that with some of our choices brings consequences into our life that aren't so much fun all the time, we don't blame them. We own the responsibility of our own choices. We listen to their advice. We learn from their experience. And we're always looking out for their best interests. And when you grow up, you remember them. You remember them. You celebrate with them on their special occasions. And you be there with them. That's honoring your parents as a child and as adult children. We constantly are in the role to honor our parents. Because that will give us a long life, the Bible says. A long and happy life. But let's talk about parents for just a moment. Because our role, parents, for those of you who are parents in the room, our role is crucial. We are the example to our children. And they learn more from us by what they see than what they hear. Your example in their lives matter in their, in their development. It is crucial. It is significant. The person that you are, in a lot of ways, is the person that they will become. So often I look at my three boys and I wonder, oh my goodness, they're becoming just like me. And that's scary. Boy, that is scary. They need to become more like my wife and less like me. I'm telling you that right now. But you know what? We are the example to our kids' life. And we need to take that responsibility very seriously. Because it's not just what we tell them. It's, it's who we are. It's the choices that we make. It's what they see within us. We need to fully understand that parents have a responsibility to lead their children with love and honor. That's what we're called to do. Paul says in Ephesians 6 verse 4, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That's what we're called to do. Exasperate is to intensely frustrate and irritate. We are not to be a frustration in their lives. Well, let me be honest with you. There are moments. Because I'll tell you what, at 6 a.m. wake-up time in the Balbock household, the old Jimmy Fly, Superfly wake-up, that's like the okay frustration, right? That is totally okay to do. But outside of that, you know, we should lead them well. And as parents, we're called to do that. This is the example of love and respect, submission, and sacrifice. You see, every relationship in our life is founded on that. Every relationship in your life, whether it's marriage, as a child, as a parent, you name it. Every relationship is built on the foundation of submission and sacrifice. And until we understand that fully, we'll never have healthy relationships. You want healthy relationships? You need to understand what that means within your own life and how you walk with that and how you follow that. You know, because that's what we are called to be. Love and respect, submission and sacrifice in how we relate to our children, how we relate with our spouse and how we relate with our parents. It all affects each other. And as parents, if our attitude is more like, listen, I'm the boss, you're going to do what I tell you to do and you're going to like it. Can I just be honest with you? It's not healthy. It's not healthy. We lead with love, humility, submission, and sacrifice. You see, forced submission, forced respect is never successful, and it's not biblical. 
It's just not. To be loved, we need to show love. To be respected, we need to show respect. And as parents, we must have the heart of sacrifice for our children. We must. Don't ever be a parent where your children think they're in your way. It's just not healthy. We need to live a life of selflessness, not selfishness. It all gets back to that basic reality that Paul says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Every relationship is intertwined with that foundation. And even after the family roles, Paul gets into a whole other level of roles and of, of relational um, roles that we don't even have time to get into that um, he talks about slaves and masters. And I just want to talk on that really quickly because if you read Ephesians, I don't want you to be confused. You know, because in that time period, slavery and masters was completely different from what we know, see it in our re most recent history. And can I just be honest with you? The slavery that we have seen in our recent history is not okay. It's not okay. Now, slavery in the biblical, when they talk about slavery in the biblical times, it was more of a person who owed a debt. And so it's almost like I am so overwhelmed in debt, I cannot pay off this debt. And so by paying this debt, I will now serve you to pay off my debt. And so the most, most um, closest that we can see this in our context today is with bosses and, and, and co-workers. So in other words, at work, there's even with your boss, or if you're a boss with your employees, there needs to be a level of submission and sacrifice within those relationships to have health within your workplace. And you see, the more we understand the whole basic principle of submission and sacrifice, the more we live this out in our lives, the more healthy our relationships will be. The more healthy our environments will be in our home and with those in our line of sight. We need to practice this. We need to follow through with this to experience the true health in home that God hoped us to have, that God hoped us to experience. And if you're here today and you're like, Bill, I rated my family like really low. We're on a, we're on a, not a good line. Why don't you come talk to one of us at Engage Impact or reach out to us by, by email. We're here for you. We want to help you find health in your relationship. You might be sitting here or watching right now and you might be, saying, Bill, I'm scared to talk because I am in an abusive relationship. That's not okay. And I want you to know right now, you can privately reach out to us to, to, for help because we are here for you. It's not okay for you to be in an abusive relationship in any form or fashion. Or you might say, Bill, our family is great. We love it. Hey, that's awesome. But always know the devil's always trying to bring it down. Let's pray with you and, and that God will continue that path of health in your, in your relationships. Because the more we can encourage each other in that path, the better our relationships and our homes will be. But let's walk and walk and follow God's example of submission and sacrifice to experience the healthy relationships in our life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you because you are good. And you are the example that we are to follow. And Lord, may we follow your example well. May we seek you in all that we do. 
Lord, in our homes, in our marriages, in our, in our relationship with our kids, and for kids in our relationship with our parents. May we follow the path of submission and sacrifice to love, to walk in humility, and to, to put others before ourselves. To not be a selfish person, but be a person who truly practices selflessness. May we walk in that way, Father God. And through that, may we find true health in our home relationships and in all those we associate with. We love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.